Welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Mike, every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way real estate agents and entrepreneurs think about their business and life. And this week, what I want to disrupt the way you think about is the remote work environment. Obviously, uh, we've all gotten a little too used to this concept of remote work, or at least most of the country has. Um, and I don't want to be one of those boring, beaten into the ground um, podcasts about work from home, because that to me is overplayed. And, uh, and everyone has their own life events and circumstances that impact their ability um, to thrive in a work from home environment. I mean, I worked in a closet for the first eight months or nine months of a pandemic uh, with with a two year old. So that, as you might imagine, was a real treat. Um, So uh, this isn't about work from home. This is about the idea of remote work. Yeah. And and the the ability to implement leverage in your business with remote workers. Horsepower. That's right. So first, I think in order to understand remote work and how (laughs) remote work comes into play for an entrepreneur, we have to first look at the, the progression of where an entrepreneur is at the start okay. and, and then where they are at the finish line with the finish line being, you know, maximum growth and business capacity. So at the beginning, it's the entrepreneur who starts the business, right? Um, and t- unless it's entrepreneur and co-founder or founder, co-founder, um, what do we do next? When you start your business, and um, you have a surplus of sales or a surplus of work to do, you have a choice to make. Yeah. You're either going to sacrifice your, your home life, so you're going you're gonna to compromise your family, your friends, your health, your sleep, your spirituality. Something has to give in your yeah. 24 finite hours. Right. And so for the person who's in that position, what do they give up first to get um, some more of that time back? I think I, um, a part of the, the, you hit the nail on the head. So this is not about, well, for one, you're going to gain more resources or more money uh, by adding leverage, um, but you get time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, I was saying earlier, I'm on a quest to get more of my time back. And what adding leverage has done is allowed me, I, I said earlier, horsepower. It's I, I like fast cars. <laughs> I know do. that. We know I that love from, from fast cars. Yep. I love it. There's nothing more disappointing than hitting the gas pedal and it just doesn't do anything. It's a dog, right? And so that's the way my business kind of feels when it's just me. You're just kind of like the the most you can do. But man, when you get some leverage, that's like adding a twin turbo or a supercharger. Yeah. If you get the right people. And what's crazy is it's really, it's difficult. We, you, you're going to drop some statistics. It's really difficult to hire talented people, but there are a lot of, there's a pool of people out there that a lot of people are just not even, they're sleeping on. Uh, you can find leverage virtually. And there's a bunch of different resources and ways to do it. And it's cost effective. And it may be that delta or that gap between bringing in somebody locally uh, and, uh, you know, hiring somebody from that perspective, um, that may be like the training wheels or the gap or, or how you can kind of learn how to lead others, um, through leading people through a, a, a virtual medium. 
Okay, so if the entrepreneur is at that startup phase and their maxed capacity, um, in order to get their time back, yeah, um, the decision is what you know. Am I giving up my family? Am I giving up my health, my my sleep, all these things? Um, what what I think I hear you saying is, is, you first would give up the things that don't actually give you more time or more money. Um, and then I always default to giving up personal items. Right. And, and the reason why is because, you know, when I'm, when I meet agents and entrepreneurs on appointments to talk through their business and, and coach, what I find is that the founder typically has the hardest time letting go of items of that business. That business is their baby. It's their baby. Yeah. It's the identity of the person itself. And so giving up, um, items of importance in the business is, is certain creates a lack of certainty. And so I think that you actually have to build, unless you're, there are some people that are world-class at giving things away. Right. Um, and so if you're not world-class at giving things away, like most founders that I find, then you have to build the muscle right. of letting go. And so I think you let go of your personal items first to build that repetitious habit of, leverage i totally agree like this year i'm i'm afraid to say this i've aspired for the last few years uh to uh have someone take care of my yard and so this year i sold my lawnmower oh nice so you were really committed yeah i mean yeah i'm done i'm gone my wife is trying to talk me out of it she's at least keep the lawnmower no i ain't going back that's right Try not going back. Nope. Right. I just burn the boat. That's right. <laughs> yep. So I sold my lawnmower, my weed eater. I sold all that stuff. Uh, I leveraged all that out. Um, um, I have um, an assistant. And I said to my assistant, my, my virtual assistant, she's amazing. Her name is Aubrey. Uh, I said, look, I need, I live in this area. I need three quotes of mulch. I said, give me a Excel spreadsheet. And give me the best, you know, give me the best price. She not only got me the best price, she wouldn't got the three. She called and got them to take another fifty dollars off. <laughs> then they del- and when I got home from work, it was in my driveway. Yeah. So you, the first thing you, I hear you say, is you leveraged out your all your yard work. Oh yeah, and then and, I had somebody come in and install the mulch. Okay, so uh, thank why, you, kiss my grass. But, you did a great job. <laughs> but why yard work first? For you, because I think that allows you to kind of visualize it. So if you if you're like, um, but I mean, like, is yard work your least favorite task? No, it's not. But I live on an acre. Okay. And um, I have a real. I'm really weird about my yard. I want my yard to be really nice, so I spend a crazy amount of time yeah. taking care of my yard, and that could be used in a more productive, efficient way in my business. And it's not like I can make the grass stop cut, stop growing. Like yeah. I have to literally do it. So it's one of those things where I would spend uh, spend so much time doing it. I could be selling real estate during that time, yeah. or doing a podcast, or doing something um, that uh, could benefit from a you know more income producing activity. So you so you leverage grass, uh, and I know leverage for you guys in your personal life has been. Um, a we, quest as it's well, new. right? Yeah, we started um, thanks to this one podcast. It really kind of uh, it's called Disruptance. <laughs> <laughs> really kind just of just a shameless plug. Real show. on YouTube. Real shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Make sure you uh, leave a review and like and comment. Anyway, so <laughs> smash the like button. <laughs> smash that like button. We uh, we started leveraging out mowing. I'd say a couple years ago is when we started, um, and we we just need to get rid of the lawnmower. I feel like that we we keep it up with uh, just in case, but there hasn't been a just in case mowing session, and like it got really long to a point where then it was like, okay, well, we'll just find someone else because. Mowing companies can be kind of difficult to find that do residential, and so anyway, we found some. Oh, good you mean ones. so hiring the very first person or or the second person <laughs> doesn't always work out? Turns out, um, yeah, they don't yeah. listen. Sometimes yeah. they don't go in the right gate. Even and, when you hire another company or yeah. someone yeah. whose sole profession is that, it doesn't work out. Yeah, they don't show up when they're supposed yeah. to show up. So then the back gate's locked on the day that they. I unlock it on the day that it's supposed to happen. Then they show up a day later or apparently sometimes they run out of gas a lot. Um, we've had, <laughs> I've come home multiple times where the lawn is, the front is done and the back is trimmed. And I'm okay. like, they okay. Edged this, around. <laughs> yeah. They just do that part. And I'm like, okay, so that one's different, but there's no like phone call text note on the door. Like, Hey, we'll be back. It's me having an email. I'm like, Hey, just, uh, the front looks great. Just curious if you're going to come So why did you back. just quit? Like um, and give up, like, and just start mowing your lawn again, though? Because my hope was um, that after one corrective email that they would do their job. And did that work? With that company, it did. Yes. But and I'm then, guessing that company is not still mowing. No, we did okay. have to find another company this year because that company stopped residential. So it's okay. obviously they were dealing with some operational issues. So so in three years, you've probably had three mowing companies at least. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that's good, though, to know because, uh, you know, one of the biggest limiters of of um, an entrepreneur's business development and growth is the success of the first or second person they hire. A lot of people literally will, will hire someone that doesn't work and then quit. Yep. And if it yeah. fails the first time or the second time, they do it again. Yep. And, and what I hear you saying is, is that if you're committed to not taking that job back, you're going to hire until you get it right. Yeah, and so you're committed. With, although you haven't burnt your lawn, burnt your boat yet, you're committed to not mowing your lawn. Very, yeah, and um, picking up after our dogs. That was recently a service that I think we probably would have been. I feel like the older generations would be like, pick up after your own damn dog. But I is that your boom? Is that, that your boomer voice? <laughs> That's my boomer voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is just That's like, funny. but you think about it and it's like $8 a week. So $64, whoa, $32 a month is, <laughs> it's uh, worth it. I mean, we got two dogs though. Doesn't he charge per dog no, or something? That's four, up to two dogs. Okay, nice. Okay. So uh, hang on one second. Let me just stop there. So you have someone who's do, for $8 a week does, who picks up after your dogs. Um, I would 100% hire that out as well. All day. Um, or all day. just have a system in place to not have a dog. But um, <laughs> you know, all that, that one right there. That don't don't send your hate. I, it's not that I don't like dogs. Okay, I just I just don't like. Poop. I just I, I just don't <laughs> have dogs. All right, let's chill. Um, <laughs> I don't need I don't need I don't need those I don't need those internet haters. <laughs> um, so um, eight dollars a week, 
how, how many, like, are you guys his only customer or does he have other people that he picks up after? Is this like a legitimate business? Or it like is. A neighbor he kid? has been doing this since 2012 and okay. he has 450 customers. So 450 people are paying this guy $8, $8 a week hours. to pick up yes. his dog. His That's, only overhead? Yeah. He told me. Yes. My yeah. only overhead is my truck and my gas. It's $173,000 a year in yeah. income. To pick up after people's dogs. And his son is the only one who helps yeah. him. So understand that when, if you guys and the other 450 of you choose not to do leverage, choose not to actually hire someone who wants to do that job, um, you're now robbing that person of a fantastic business and income opportunity so that you can be miserable doing it. Correct. So the mindset change is, is that somebody wants to do the job that yeah. you hate doing. Right. The The decision is, will you find the person who's willing to do it? Because I promise you, I don't want to do that job, but it's $173,000. I might be willing to do it. He, he literally said he was in a corporate job and hated it. And okay. he, he was able to do it and he hated it. He hated everything that he was made to do that didn't make any sense. And so he was like, is there something else? And he was like, I mean, he's like, he's telling me this while he's like scooping it in my yard, talking to me, just like popping it in his little container. And he was like, um, oh man, where was I going to go with this? That oh yeah. Unhappy, yeah. Yeah. He was like, some people are like, oh, I'm picking up poop. And he's like, but you know what I do? I've been listening to podcasts for five years. I've learned so many things. I, I listen to things I care about all day. I get to just like choose what I want to listen to today and listen to in the car. And he was like, I don't have a, I don't have a boss yeah. and this job's not that bad. So for him, it's not. So, so this is interesting too, because I want to get to the next mindset thing that can really screw up entrepreneurs as well. Is Do you care that this guy makes $173,000 a year? Only in that I think it's impressive. Okay. So yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't make you like, res, like resent like, him. No, yeah. it made him interesting to me. It made me yeah. want to have him on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's what I, that's what I need, like me to make sure too, is, is like how much that person makes doing that job is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Right. Because how much is that worth to you? Yeah. The person who's, who's making the decision to hire that leverage. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as a business owner, someone will do the job that you don't want to do. Right. And, um, they'll likely do it at a rate that like you have to be okay with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they oftentimes do a better job. Absolutely. That was going to be my next thing is because the amount of the, the amount of money that ideally that generates for you is exponential compared to what you're paying them. Despite yeah. the fact that the equivalent of 173 grand, Dude, you, you got to do making $200,000 cleaning yeah. up your poop. They're going to do a good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, so what do you, what are you able to do with time um, or the emotion? Like specifically, it didn't take me out of a flow. Like I was in an editing flow <clears throat> and have been for a couple of weeks and I'm not having to stop doing that. Something important. You yeah. don't, you don't even have to let him in. Like he'll just go through the back. Yeah. And I can keep being productive. So it has eliminated the mental burden of, of remembering and realizing that you have to do something you have no desire to go do right there's a cost of that there's a there's a cost of that mental weight right um and then there's obviously the cost of time that it would take for you to do that and so the first thing when we when we think about an entrepreneur is, is letting go of um personal leverage so that you get comfortable to that personal leverage 
Um, and then it's letting go of business leverage, right. right? Once you've decided how you'll spend your time, whether it's for leisure or for leverage and leverage being where you get more income or get more business growth, will you spend your time that you get back for leisure or for leverage? And you make that decision. Only each individual can decide how they spend the time they get back. Uh, there's no judgment in that, by the way. Right. Like I don't, yeah. if, if you're Tim Ferriss, if you've got your four hour work week and you get the result, go for it. If it's for, if it's, you know, 400 hour work weeks, then, um, then that works too. Right. Uh, just, I don't know where the math works in that, but you get it. Right. That's um, lot. so, so when you look at business leverage, then Mike, what is the last year looked like in, in this remote work concept? What does it change your thinking around when it pertains to remote work? So being a CEO is a big job and you don't, excuses just don't happen like you can't really make an excuse i mean the buck stops you can't if you're accountable to people you're right right that's the biggest disconnect is that some people think that they can still make excuses if they don't care about the people that are with them yeah i feel like you can't be a ceo make excuses you can't be one with integrity that's right Right. so um with that being said i had to find a way to multiply myself yeah because at the end of the day there's a lot that i have to do and there's only 24 hours or seven days a week so the only way to do that is I am on a quest. I've told you guys, I'm on a quest to do more by doing less. And so how I do that is you have to partner with people that literally, I look at them as my right hand. They're an extension of me. Um, and so I get a lot more done um, as long as uh, you, and, and so I, I gave the analogy earlier. Uh, I don't, how much is a stamp now? I'm going to say it's probably like 50, 55 cents. I don't know. I remember when stamps were 25 cents still. So I'm going to say, I'm going to take a runner and say stamps are 55 cents. Okay. I have a bill. I can either take that bill and I can, and I can take, I can either take that bill and I can run it over to whoever I'm paying or I can pay 55 cents and I can leverage the, the, the mailman. And so it doesn't make sense for me to get in my car and go pay somebody when I could put a stamp on that and pay 55 cents. If I, if how much can I get done driving to a place to pay a bill and then multiply that by all the bills you have to pay. So what leverage has allowed me to do is allow me to do, I can actually get more things done uh, because I'm, and I'm doing it uh, through people. So your stamp analogy to me, where, where that makes sense is um, you've dehumanized the concept of delegation, which can be good for an entrepreneur who's unwilling to let go of control to people because you're building actually the habit of demonstrating that delegation actually can work out according to plan. Yeah. Right. You can hand your letter to the mailman and then the mailman can deliver that. And you pay 55 cents for that transaction to occur from start to finish. So delegation is possible for the person who won't let go of everything. Yeah. They do it in their own life every day we without do realizing. We don't even realize we the disconnect. The problem happens is when we delegate something and then it comes back to us. Yeah. So our in our like with the mailman, that's not going to happen. They're going to get the it's going to go where it needs to go. But if you do that in your business and you bring somebody, then it's our instinct to be like, see, it didn't work. And you stop doing it. Yeah. So then, so there's delegation and then there's the next level, 
which is automation, right? Yeah. And so if you have the ability to set up a repetitive auto payment yeah. um, on those exact same monthly bills, right. now you're even further um, created the opportunity for you to gain that time back and to gain your ability to think uh, with clarity in, in the future because it's automated without you even being aware the of energy. It. There's yeah. no energy. It's just done. So when I, when, you know, when I put together my daily and weekly plan, I look at what can be automated and what can be delegated. And so am I doing the same thing repetitively, in which case it needs to be automated? If, um, if it cannot be automated, can it be delegated? Right. So the lens that I like to look through, especially in a real estate business is, um, I'll always ask myself, could I delegate this to Gary Keller? If the answer is yes, that I could delegate it to um, the patriarch of residential real estate, <laughs> then I need to find the person who can do that right. um, as well or better than right. what Gary could do. But by changing my thinking to the extreme of could I delegate this to insert whoever you know, your, the rock star of your industry is, it allows me to have a different perspective than being stuck focusing my, on my own problem. And you have a different result because yeah. not only are you, most people don't look for Gary Keller to do it. They're looking for any old body. To do yeah, it. that's true. That's so true. if you come in, like I'm looking for Gary Keller or for somebody world-class to fill this role at that point in time, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. If you go hire just, oh, I'm this, this person needs a job, here we go, and I delegate, and guess what? It comes back to you. Then you're going off of that experience. Yeah, and absolutely. And it's going to freeze you. So that is the distinction. We need to, like, stick a pin in that. It's in, You have to look for talent, somebody who's actually going to – I always tell people, if I give you a job and it comes back, Look, I hired you. One of us is getting fired. I've already <laughs> fired myself from the job. If I got to do it again, guess yeah. what? I just hired myself again. Yeah. So that's kind of what you're looking for. You're looking for someone you can just kind of delegate and just hold them accountable. And they, and they do the right thing. You know, it's interesting that you, um, they, you made the, the comment about thinking bigger because, um, you know, along those same lines, actually, um, there was, there was a story that, um, Holly Priestner told who was the uh, director of recruiting at Keller Williams um, at the time. And, and that was that um, basically there was like a 30 under 30 magazine of um, like tech entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and, and Gary Keller and Keller Williams, they wanted to um, implement a focused initiative on improving the company's technology um, in, in 2014, 15, believing that was the direction of the future. And so the magazine came out and, uh, and Gary, I guess, said to Holly or to someone, I want you to hire one of these people that was named as the 30 greatest tech minds in the country. And that was how um, we, went on, we went on to hire uh, Josh Team to be the director of um, tech and, and innovation at Keller Williams was because he was one of the 30 people in the magazine that just so happened to come out at that time it was defined as one of the, the best marketing and technology minds in the country. And so that's thinking bigger, right? They go, right. hey, hire one of these top 30 yeah. people in the country. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's pretty bold. Yeah. Like, nobody, I can't imagine just open up, hey, go hire. This. Yeah. 
And then how, like, it's one thing to think yeah, it, right? But then Holly's got to go actually and then go do it, execute. execute. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, good so for her. Obviously, they executed. Um, and, it, you know, of course, we know changes, you know, occur, but that's irrelevant. The, the reality here is focus on the thought model that goes in to hiring and looking for talent. And so, what, what I think has come up this year is when you think about uh, this has been existing for a while, but really what 2020, 2021 has shown us from a leverage perspective is the idea of being able to hire remote work to get the same or better result than you may have gotten in person. In fact, um, in the last 30 days, um, a survey of some online job application um, portals indicate that if you um, are posting an in-person uh, job opportunity only, if, if your job opportunity posting online says you will hire someone for in-person work only, mm-hmm. you're seeing 80% decline in, app, in job applicants. Yeah, the landscape's changing. And what it's done is it's made it to where there's way more talented people you have access to them now. Yeah. They don't have to be within your local jurisdiction. They can be anywhere. And guess what? You can bring them into your team. So I might not be able to get a Gary Keller, but I could get, uh, you know. But you might be able to get fractionalized Gary Keller. Yeah. Right. You might be able to, in, in this case, you couldn't, but good luck. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe there's I'm a not lot, be a lot of people, enough. but, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you could potentially like via an Upwork or a Fiverr or something, think about getting like a fractionalized yeah. version of a CFO or of yeah. a CMO or something. Yeah. I get 10% of that person's ava- calendar availability. Yeah. Which works because you don't need a full-time chief marketing officer absolutely and you're getting those results because they are doing this on a really high level and they're a part of your team yeah so yeah i totally get it because you know it's it's interesting netflix um at one point um reed hastings the um the founder had indicated that um what they found was they, they originally patty mccord who was the director of hr at um, netflix was tasked with hiring like 50 um engineers and um you know there was this budget of 50 engineers for fifty thousand. let's say numbers don't have to be right, right. um f- 50 engineers fifty thousand. and patty said well how do we know it's 50 engineers and why like why yeah. why not 25 right. why not 10 or what about 25 engineers at 100,000? Right. And what's interesting is they um, determined that some that the best programmers and engineers were worth 100 to 1 for software development in Netflix. Wow. And so they could hire one person to get as much or more productivity and innovation than they could hire 100 decent or average engineers. Right. And so... Thankfully, they they rather than hiring fifty at fifty, took the, took a different approach of how do we hire? If this is our entire line item budget, right? If it's two point five million dollars, how do we hire the best two point five million dollars worth of software engineers? Right. Instead of a bunch of average Joes. That's right. You're gonna get average results. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, and have I've done than, it. I've built it. You'll have it. above average headaches though, because now you have fifty people problems. Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. And, and so you actually get subpar results as a, as a byproduct of that. So right now, Mike, in you, when you look at your business, um, you know, I'm someone who has resisted this or at least has for several years. But you've started going down the route of hiring um, 
outsourcing for um, remote work, like administrative assistance and inside um, sales agents. My noodle is going like I'm thinking of other ways to bring other people in and do other things, other businesses. Like, I don't think I'm thinking big enough, like because so what are you people doing now? So um, right now I have a inside sales agent, um, Roe. She watches. Um, she's great. I love her. Um, she makes phone calls. And yeah. so she sets 30 appointments for, for my team. So, um, we have all these leads. She calls them. She sets appointments for my buyer's agents. And then I also uh, lead generate for listings. She makes phone calls and she sets appointments for me on my listing. She sets 30 of them, uh, a week. One thing that I implemented, uh, this week is I spend a lot of time making phone calls, calling on real estate agents. Yeah. And so I don't have a lot of time, but it takes a lot of time. So a couple of days out of the week, I have her making phone calls, calling on real estate agents. She said 12 appointments this week, <laughs> which is, a, which is, in, which is a ton. Because this is insane. When you, when you compare it to what, uh, what a typical, um, what a typical team leader is doing because of the amount of time that um, it takes to do everything else. Yeah. Oftentimes what lags behind is the calling and appointment setting. And so, um, what has it done for your way of thinking? Um, what it's allowed me to do is like, I'm, I'm a new team leader. So like I've, I've been doing this for what, five or six months. And what it's allowed me to do is like, I want to compete. I want to be competitive with the other team leaders. And it's allowed me to be able to kind of focus on what it is that I'm really good at. And that's getting belly to belly with people, um, and, and, and putting together strategies to help them take their careers from point A to point B. So you're able to um, basically shave off the lowest dollar producing activity that you still have left on your job description. Absolutely. And by by incrementally increasing your dollar productive tasks as it pertains to your return on investment. Right. So you can now do uh, maybe that's conducting the appointment is the next highest ROI. Right. Or maybe that's, you know, um, coaching and training right um maybe it's teaching a recruiting workshop so that other people can recruit on your behalf right creating disciples of yes of your business instead that's next so so it is incrementally shaving off the lowest dollar producing activity that you still have left on your plate and that job never ends and she's doing a better job at it yeah absolutely because she's making more appointments but because that's her one thing. That's her one thing. Her sole focus is getting better at setting appointments and doing that over and over and over. Did you think that that would have been possible 12 months ago? Um, this is the thing. I see all y'all big dogs selling <laughs> all this real estate and you're like, how are they doing it? And so um, if the, I want to thank you because that is what I like. I sought to I wanted to understand, like how these dudes are doing 80 million, 100 million dollars in real estate. And I do 10 million and I feel like I'm going to die. So yeah. how I was in get my, got my teeth kicked in. So how they're doing it is this very thing. Yeah. There's that, like whether it's the exact same it, mechanism of application, the main thing is it's a focus on how do you, how do you measure the, uh, the outcome of your time? Yes. In order to, in order to minimize the, um, how do I do more by doing less? Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that truly is the, um, the focus on 
growing your business. And doing more by doing less does not mean that you don't do anything. No, 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 no. But, but it's quality though. So then what I can do is I can be world class at what it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Casting that vision and then bringing people in and they're executing on that vision. Like I'm not, I know it sounds like you're doing less. I take days off now. Yeah. Dude. I take days off now. Like how dare you? How dare you take a day off, Michael? Right. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here because yeah. that was like when people hear yeah. me, Michael Bounds, say he took a day off, yeah. they are like surprised by that. I take I don't work weekends normally. Like today I got a I got an agent uh presentation after this because I couldn't get it in during the week. I'm gonna meet an agent at Panera Bread when we leave yep. here. So like, but that's all I got to do. Normally I was at five buyer's appointments every Saturday, every Sunday. What well, le- leverage does is allows you to where you can have a life. You can, you yeah. never get your time back, y'all. Because wh- the, the difference though is what got you here won't get you no. there to where you're going next. Right? It'll get me what yeah. I've gotten. So yeah. the thing that I realized is that, okay, if I want to keep being a $10 million producer, I can keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But if I want to be a hundred million dollar producer, I got to look at what these hundred million dollar producers are doing and I have to model it. Yeah. Mike. So for the entrepreneur who's resisting hiring remote work or outsourcing someone, even whether it's in country or out of country, someone who's not in person, they're being monitored. What's your, uh, what's your one piece of advice you give them? Stop it. Just do it. Like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, it's not clear. What it is, it's a mindset. Like, yeah. you feel like it's a pie, and you're like, okay, if I give this person a piece of my pie, that's a little, that's a piece of pie that I could have. But the thing is, I could give that person a person a piece of pie, and guess what? I can go buy two pies. Guess what? I have a pie. I might have a little sliver. And the more of, I can do, like, the thing that, that helps me is, I can get a hundred, like the, I do the grape and the watermelon, but when I'm, it, it, you literally, you have a playbook of analogies. I, yeah. No, it's just how my brain, like <laughs> I literally complicated things, literally complicated yeah. things. I'll look at something. I'm like, like a, a, a real estate team Yeah, is a barbershop. Okay. I grew up. I've not heard this one. Okay. I grew up. I explained to people, they're like, well, okay. Explain to me this team. Like what a real estate team is. Okay. You go get your real estate license, or you go to, you're on barber, right? You go to barber school. You take your barber, you take your barber test, and then you actually take your, uh, you, your license goes to the exact same place where my license go. Interesting. But instead of seeing your, instead of going, uh, you can either start your own barber shop or you can go to this barber shop. So you go to Executive Cuts, which is where I used to go when I had hair. I don't have hair <laughs> You go in there and you have a guy and that you seat your license with him and you pay him boot rent. That's the same, that's the exact same thing what you're doing as a really, and also it's a law firm. I was talking to my, uh, yeah. to my, uh, uh, my, uh, my um, brother-in-law, my brother-in-law is a lawyer and I was describing my business to him. He's like, oh, you run a law firm. And I was like, oh, that's all a law that's firm right. is? A, yeah. a law firm is a barbershop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have paralegals. You yeah, have, it's you the have, same thing. Yeah, you have. Uh, so I kind of yeah. think in analogies and that's how I'm able to like, for the longest time, I haven't been able to understand what a law firm was. Yeah. Same thing. Absolutely. People and, in the comments like your analogies. <laughs> they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not annoyed by them? No. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, so you said that the, the biggest advice would be to stop it, but I think I'm sorry. For, I didn't no, no, no. For the person who's not 
having success or hasn't had success in the past, I think there's one key distinction as to what's also working for you. What's your routine look like when with your uh, virtual assistant today okay. in order for that to be because the, the biggest breakdown I, I see is communication. Yeah, I can expectations. So how, how are you working through that? So every morning at 8.30, well, at 8.45, I have an executive meeting with, with you, with the uh, leadership of KW. But at 8.30, I have a 15-minute huddle with my um, my administrative staff. And I keep, a, we have a, a project list where I keep a list during the day. I'll have something to come in my head, a list for Aubrey. And then that morning, we literally will come in and she'll get clarity around everything on that list. Okay. And we just, and if she has it. Other, most of the time, like Friday, she looked at the list. She's like, I have no questions. Boom. She, we were on there five minutes. Sometimes she, I'll just won't be clear. And every day for 15 minutes, we just. So if there's something on your list that you don't know all of the steps to do. So let's, for, let's, let's say that it was create a podcast. And, and that's on your project list. What do you, how do you, how do you delegate that out? So for one, I will try to be more, uh, I will try to break that down. I try okay. to chunk that down better. So, cause I'll have the, okay, create a podcast, but then I'll have a next action step. And that's the, the thing that's communicated on my, on my list. So, um, uh, so you're not going to give a broad end result, like create a podcast or no. launch a podcast or whatever. So you'll take it and then pare it down yourself to. Maybe it's research a podcast, research what's required to start one or provide me with a list of the things that we need to do in order to create this podcast. Or, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm, uh, we're going, I'm going to start doing Airbnbs. Okay. okay? I'm going to start doing Airbnbs. So I just said to her, I said, hey, do some research for some, uh, some properties in this area, put it on an Excel spreadsheet and then give me a list. And then I got an Excel spreadsheet of all the properties in downtown. Indianapolis, and then she gave me the, the spreadsheet. I said, "Okay, do me a favor. These two meet the criteria. What I'm looking for. Will you call the people? Set up a time for me to view the property. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I get a calendar invite. Boom, boom. I'm meeting with these people at this time. And so that's how I that's how I do it. It's on my calendar and it's effortless. She does the research for me and she allows me to like just show up yeah. and do what I need to do. And so then. I, I'll automate it. I'll make it to the where they're going to be doing all those things yeah, yeah. And, it'll, and it'll be automated. And be, so I'm able to do more by doing less, but I got to partner with the right people. You be, can't do that with any old body. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Correct. Correct. And so what I hear you saying is if you can't do it, it's likely it's not the person or you haven't communicated. It's either the person you've hired the wrong person. Or it's the my communication hasn't been communicated. And then during the day, we have Slack app. And so um, during the day, I, I was giving you the analogy. I give analogies. M my wife will order some food from Kroger, like a grocery quick list. Yeah. And then she'll be like, oh, this person keeps texting me because they don't have the certain ingredients. From time to time, I'll get a little message from my uh, from from uh, uh, Aubrey, and she'll say, "Hey, I have a question about this," and I hit the question, and literally, it's just like simple questions throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, I get this massive list of all the things she's accomplished, and all I'm doing is just kind of guiding her, and I'm setting proper expectations. <laughs>